Hey guys, Derek here once again with the Choose Recovery podcast. So we have another episode for you for this week and the installment of the uh, Dose of Hope radio program that broadcasts all over the state of Alaska. And this one, uh, I'll just play for you here in just a second. And super stoked to also, as all of these, uh, broadcast these out through our Choose Recovery podcast here. And this one, as you'll hear, talks about child sex trafficking and the importance that we all need to play in bringing solutions to that and part of the solutions here in Alaska. So listen in. You don't want to miss this episode, no matter if you live in Alaska or not. So thanks, guys, for tuning in. Child sex trafficking. It's one of the most horrific crimes that can be committed against a child. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, that only happens in the lower 48 or that only happens in a third world country. Why are you talking about that on the radio today? Well, that's because it happens right here in Alaska. But you know what? There is hope. Children are being rescued. And now the question is, well, what happens to those children once they are rescued? Where do they go? What's the next steps that need to be taken? That's what we're going to find out about today. You're listening to A Dose of Hope. I'm Tom Steigelman, and I'm joined today with our host, Jennifer Waller. And Jennifer, we have a guest in the studio with us. I am super excited about today's topic of sex trafficking. Um, We're going to be focusing, like you said, on the children's um, part of it. But the reason I'm so excited is because there is hope. There's bad stuff going on out there, but there's good people that God has anointed and equipped and called to step up and to step out into these dark places and help the most vulnerable, innocent, um, beautiful young children and just people as a whole rescue them out of this. And so I am here today with um, a beautiful queen that I get to run with with around in Sterling. Her name is Brianna Rutledge. Um, I met her about five years ago when she moved up here that you'll hear, but I was just starting Freedom House. We were actually building the home. We hadn't opened yet. It was just a vision. And uh, she she came on the scene and helped with volunteers. She brought snacks to the workers. She would show up and say, hey, what do you need? And so for the last five years, I have been blessed to watch her calling and vision grow. And I think we're going to hear more about how that's growing quicker this last year. But um, Brianna, why don't you just let us know uh, a little bit about where you came from, what your vision here in Alaska is. Yeah, so I, um, I have a background in victimology, and I worked in Texas um, with children that had been tra- trafficked and rescued, and really just started to get this call of, um, what about Alaska? And my husband, who's from Alaska, um, has been passionate about moving back, and I'm not a mover, I'm a stay where you're at forever kind of person, but God put on our heart, my heart one day, that we were going to be moving to Alaska And I kept asking the question of, like, what's happening with the children in Alaska? So I'd start, you know, um, trying to find out what kind of statistics there were on sex trafficking. And uh, meanwhile, my husband, well, I couldn't find any statistics on sex trafficking. Meanwhile, my husband wakes up one night and is like, oh, well, God says you're to open your own home for trafficked children. And I said, well, that's strange because we're moving to Alaska, so it has to be in Alaska. Um, and so God kind of brought both of our dreams, um, collided them, and created one big dream. And so um, we learned that there weren't a lot of um, a lot happening for trafficked p- 
people in general. There was one organization that um, we came across, um, Priceless, that was working with mentoring women, but nothing for children. And so we started to um, prepare and see what we could do, and we really felt led to come out here and open a home for um, trafficked children. Um, led to do it here on the peninsula, the Kenai Peninsula. And that's actually how I met Jenny on the day that she had in her hands papers to open Freedom House. I met her in a meeting about just working with um, trafficked and marginalized people and um, with a bunch of other really just strong women who had the same envision and it just kind of exploded from there. Yes, and over it's been you know years that you have been bathing this in prayer which is key um, when god calls you to do something as you'll hear in the freedom house story and home of hope story is bathe it in prayer but as i've watched you do that and get a board together and continue to pursue the calling maybe not as quick as others wanted or maybe you wanted god's timing is always perfect so tell us um kind of why you stepped into this and why you're starting this home here in alaska um well, for me, it's very personal. As a child, I was abused. I was exploited. Um, and coming out of that, there was, once being rescued, there was no really um, resources available to receive healing or anything. And so that caused me to just um, grow up and then get re-victimized um, as I was growing up and just becoming a mess and not really having a way in life that was meant for me until, you know, God got a hold of me in my teenage years and um, completely changed my life. But other than that, like so many children have gone through what I've gone through, but they don't have anyone there to um, pull them out of it. And so you have these children that are trafficked, maybe they'll get rescued, which is awesome, but then they're trafficked again or re-victimized or exploited again, um, all because there's not a system in place here in Alaska to um, to take them and give them a safe place to live, to provide um, rehabilitation, to provide complete healing because it's such a multifaceted problem. You have, you know, sexual trauma, you have physical trauma, you have emotional, but really a lot of it occurs in the brain and inside your head and just getting to work through the lies and the truth and just the brainwashing. That was one word that my mom used a lot when I was a child was you were brainwashed. like when I'd be afraid of just helicopters, thinking someone was gonna come down and kidnap me again. She would say, you're brainwashed, like that's not gonna happen. Um, but not understanding that um, all these unrealistic um, fears and stuff, um, those, are, those are real to survivors and children that have been, you know, had horrible trauma happen to. And so um, just having that safe place, I think will, will change that. And being able to say like this, this is something that's generational, but that it can stop and it can break. And that, you know, children that are victimized don't have to grow up to have children that are victimized and continue that cycle. Yes, absolutely. I am just, again, so thrilled that what the, that what you're doing, what the enemy has meant for evil in your life to try to take you out and down, God has turned it around and it's going to be so powerful it is so powerful you've already spoke out across the state of your story and being saved and it's given hope to people um just last week i was reading an article um, published in the paper about statistics here in sex trafficking um, and what really surprised me is it said 45 percent of the children um, rescued are alaska native and that we have 
we're ranked number one in all of the wrong things here in Alaska, but um, sex trafficking being one of them and sexual abuse um, and incest was listed as well is so high in our state. And so the need is there, we know that. And so the fact that you're, you have the courage and boldness to step up to address this need, um, maybe tell us a little bit about what, is it gonna be one home? What is this gonna look like when Home of Hope actually opens the doors to accept these beautiful children? What is that gonna look like and where is it gonna be? Okay, so, um... Currently, we have 40 acres here on the Kenai Peninsula that's been donated anonymously. And um, we are envisioning a, um, a large central building where we'll house like the, the school and the kitchen and the rec area and our offices. And then surrounding that, we'll have the dormitories that'll be made out of yurt-like structures um, so that we can continue to accept new um, residents as our program grows and as the need is met it's a lot easier to say um, we're full sorry or instead of saying you know we're full sorry we can say well we're full but let's you know let's raise thirty thousand dollars and we can open another dorm and I feel like that's such a, a more plausible um, solution yeah I love it they're just the vision of the future beyond the future God is preparing even now with that property that was so generously given um, when do you guys plan on breaking ground? Um, we're actually getting ready to um, break ground next month. We have a team put together to, um, to do the excavation and oversee the whole entire project. Awesome. And what is your husband playing in this part? And tell us maybe about your family. Um, well, I think God kind of showed me recently that you think that, you know, my plan or his plan for us is like a puzzle, but really it's more like a Rubik's Cube. You know, we came here from Texas. My husband's a computer guy. He um, works tech and marketing and all sorts of stuff. And I am a shy girl with no voice. <laughs> and we've been given this big task. So we move here um, thinking we have all the skills, but realizing we don't. And um, this last year, God's put my husband in a place to build houses and um, build lodges. And currently he's building a lodge that he brought me to the other day that is exactly what he will be building. Um, for Home of Hope. And the funny thing is he doesn't, didn't know how to build houses before. And, you know, we've been waiting five and a half years and feeling a little discouraged along the way because we haven't been trusting the process as much, but knowing when God says, wait, wait, but people are like, what's an update? And we don't have one, but God's showing he's, he's moving the people around. He's shifting things. Um, my husband was supposed to be doing marketing first so he could provide for us. And now he's supposed to be building houses so he can build Home of Hope with his team. And so God has just been moving. Um, here I thought this was my vision and my project that I had to carry myself. And um, God's been raising up my husband to build it. My children are very excited. It's something that has always been um, dear to me is to protect my children from this evil. But at the same time, God's calling them um, to, to fight this with us. And so that's something that's kind of hard for me, but realizing you have to equip your children, you can't just um, shelter them from the evil. So there are some serious prayer warriors being raised up um, and I'm excited to see them lead some of them. Engage, I know you're beautiful kids and they are so gonna engage and just love on these kiddos. So you said a key thing to the whole recovery world um, is trust the process. I heard you say that in this last session and section and maybe expound a little bit on that if someone's out there that feels like 
maybe they're called to start something or, um, you know, pioneer something, what would you say? Like you said, five and a half years, what have you done in that meantime to trust the process or maybe break that down if you can a little bit to our listeners? Right. So in Texas, um, the organization I worked at, it took 10 years from the beginning of the organization to seeing the home built and children living in it. And for me, that was so discouraging moving here. I told myself, we are not going to take 10 years. We're going to get this up and running and we're going to do it now. And while that's all great, but that was not God's plan. Um, he told us from the beginning, when you build, you, if you build my house, I'll build yours. And um, we knew that we had to come up here and get our our own life ready, because if we just jumped into it, then we'd, you know, have difficulty. And if our children weren't well-rounded, then we're going to, you know, have problems later. So we had to start with just basic um dealing with our family and then expanding from there and and God told me every time I asked God okay what what's the next step for home of hope he would say serve your church and I'm like serve my church but no home of hope God and he would say serve your church and so I was like okay so I you know I went to our pastors like how can I serve he's like okay um we need help in youth ministry I was like great so I served in youth and then I'd be like okay God I'm serving now what and he would just continue to press in or continue to tell me to serve the church. And so I just go back in any way, okay, I'm just going to keep serving. And then God just kind of showed up one day. It was like, hey, it was kind of last, well, it's happened several times, but last year um, at at church, um, I took a picture of you and Gail. um, And I look around and my whole church is wearing Home of Hope shirts. And I had realized that at our fundraiser, every single person in my church had showed up the entire church from the oldest lady to the youngest child had been there and that just was like oh god really had has our back and so from that um we've had to do a lot of awareness i thought we could just come and build but from the second we stepped on alaska soil the um, immigration officer said why are you here and i told him oh you know we're excited we're building a house for children rescued out of sex trafficking and he looked me dead in the eye and said we don't have that problem here And I was like, oh, well, he's like, we would know because we're, you know, immigration. And I just was totally just blown away by the blunt um, rejection, I guess, to say. And going from there, we had to realize there was no awareness. Awareness had just been brought to Alaska. Um, And so there was none happening on the peninsula. So, So over the last years, we've had to, you know, bring awareness to the issue you can't just ask people for money to build something that they have no idea that's happening here so we've had to go from that to just waiting and praying on the like we don't want to make a wrong step um that's going to cost us years we just want to you know listen not be hasty along the way there's been lots of tests of getting involved with the wrong people (laughs) and um, learning that not every door that's open is god's door and so seeing the door but not running through it and saying okay god what do you have for this? And that saved us a lot in the long run, I think, also. But a lot of it has just been praying. And so if you're getting into something that um, you have a calling and, you know, you're afraid to jump in um, because you think you might fail, um, if God says do it, then do it. Um, it might take 10 years. I know in the Bible it takes a lot longer mm-hmm. than that. Yes. <laughs> in many accounts. Um, yeah. So that's what I keep telling myself. And I know that if we're faithful and if we wait, even if I'm wrong, if I'm apprehensive about moving forward because I haven't heard, I know that if I'm listening to God and following what he has said, that he has me covered. 
And so we only move forward when God says to move forward, and we are trusting his process. And every time, um, like like recently, um, I was feeling discouraged because we, you know, it's getting spring and we're supposed to be building, and I didn't have any answers. And all in the same day, God showed up with pretty much a lot of money and the crew and the equipment to get started all in the same day. Yes, I and know. That's so it, exciting. It's like wait, 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 and then advance and then recover and wait some more and pray. Because if we all just move forward at the fastest pace, we're going to all burn out at the same time. And it's not all of our time to move forward at the same time. Yeah, girl, you are preaching. I love it. God is just pouring in you and through you, and it's so exciting. And I'm honored to get to watch you, get to partner with you, get to pray with you. Um, I remember on one of those awarenesses a few years ago that you guys brought down to, we held it at the Freedom House. We had about 30 people in attendance. We had some FBI agents from Anchorage, um, different ministries that work with sex, sex trafficking, and I remember one thing that just blew me away, you know, because I work in the gutters, in the darkness with people coming out of dark, dark places, but I still didn't know one of the um, agents was saying that right now they were working on some dark web mm-hmm. um, investigations. And at that time, just, a, just two years ago in Anchorage, you could order a underage boy Um, a very young boy and it was promised delivery within three hours because they were assuming they're based out of Anchorage and they would truck these boys all the way down to the peninsula three hours north south east and west and so they they were really cracking down trying to find the the source of this and it just broke my heart that it is happening here and that we do need to bring awareness and that's why you're one of my very first um, topics and testimonies that I wanted to bring to these airwaves because the more we can be a voice for the voiceless, the better. And I know that's your heart, that's our heart, because that's God's heart. He wants the captive set free, and he uses people like you and me. Like you said, you're, you're quiet, like I'm not supposed to, and God's saying that's exactly the person I'm going to use, because then I'll get all the glory, and it's very clear that you are walking with the Spirit on this. I think that's key to a lot of Um, startup ministries or whatever God's calling you to do is don't get ahead of him, don't fall behind him, but walk right with him. And so we're just going to continue to partner with you, the ministry, um, whatever we can do financially. Say someone out there is listening and it stirred their hearts and they do want to give a donation. Are you guys a nonprofit, tax exempt, or what does that look like? Yes, we are a 501c3 um, nonprofit registered with the state of Alaska also. And if you would like to, you know, give, we have a website you can go on to. It's homeofhopealaska.org. And there's a lot of information, um, statistics on there, um, our progress that we're building and stuff like that. You can also find out more information about Home of Hope by going on to their Facebook page at Home of Hope Alaska. That's Home of Hope Alaska. Or simply just go to their website. Again, that is homeofhopealaska.org. That's homeofhopealaska.org. Please go check out that website if you are listening, even just to get more awareness of what's going on right here in the state of Alaska. Again, her website is Home of Hope. Alaska.com.org. I'm sorry. 
org, And so you can jump on there, get information, get contact information, give a donation, pour so into this ministry, um, please, because people that are rescued, say a, a child's rescued in a village, um, they will they can, if circumstances are right, be flown down to the peninsula. And we're, we keep it general, the peninsula, for the safety of these beautiful children. There won't be signs. No one will know where this home is located. Um, and so we keep that for their safety as well as staff safety. And, and we're just so thankful that you were so brave and bold to step up to the plate and do this. Thank you. So tell us uh, a little bit more about what do you see happening in the next five, ten years with the ministry? Well, we have 40 acres, and that's a lot of land. Um, so we definitely, our first phase is building a home for, for girls. Um, and then expanding from there, we would like to see, you know, an equine therapy um, program come also on our on our land now so for people who are listening what does that mean equine therapy is horses Mm -hmm. and so um, we have a ton of land so we want to be able to um, have the children work with horses because that's something i found to be very um, just healing nurturing horses are very just in tune animals Mm -hmm. and um, i I feel like that's been very healing Um, also other things that are nurturing um, being able to expand programs like growing gardens and growing um, just being sustainable um, growing food. Um, also, you know, like Jenny said, um, boys, um, statistically in the U S the, the, for boys, the statistics are a lot less, but I think here in Alaska that I would say they're about even with girls. And I would say a lot of the statistics here, at least from the, from the cases that I've, I've been aware of, um, they're very different from a lot from the rest of the U S I've seen a lot of teen moms that I've known, um, or known of have, have been trafficked. Um, and I'm not sure if that's, you know, um, because they are teen moms or beforehand. Um, but a lot of that, uh, statistics, we want to be able to, um, build a home that is very just, um, customized to Alaska's needs. Being able to house, you know, teen moms and their children would be very special, I think. Um, where are you going to be getting, uh, referrals from, for children that need to be placed in these homes? And how does that process and what does that look like? Um, so through OCS, we'll be working with them to be licensed so we can take um, public referrals, but also private referrals also um, are needed. If uh, maybe somebody is out there right now and they suspect a child's being trafficked, uh, what do they do? Um, well, I would definitely call law enforcement. Um, and there's also a hotline. But being that it's a child, I would definitely call law enforcement. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, sometimes people are maybe a little bit concerned because, you know, certainly the the safety of the child comes first, but they're, you know, what if I'm wrong? You know, what if that's not really what's happening? And then they've called law enforcement. I would rather take the chance than know that I've let a child down. There's been several children that I've known um, that have in our local schools been trafficked in, um, have had horrible things happen to them. And when I talk to them about that, they just tell me that, oh, this is actually normal. And to me, that's just sad that they're believing a lie that that's okay and that that's normal. And I know statistically, one in four women or females, you can just lump it in that female group, have been sexually abused in some way. And so when you're looking at a classroom of 22 kids, you know, that's eight of them 
probably statistically have been or will be. And so, you know, especially um, teachers and church workers and volunteers out in the community doing soccer club or basketball club, like we have eyes on these children that a lot of other people don't. And so I always err on the side of safety. If you have any concerns at all, um, there is a hotline. I, you just Google um, report child abuse or child neglect or whatever, and it's a 1-800 number. You can do it anonymously. I have made this call more times than I want wanted to, and I will continue um, because those kiddos, like that word you said, they're, they're brainwashed. They don't know that what's happening to them is wrong because the person that's supposed to be loving them a lot of times is a perpetrator. And so everything's skewed in their mind. And so I would totally make the call because their job as law enforcement and OCS is to sort through, is this, is there facts or is this um, misinterpreted, you know, let them do their job, but our job is to please be a voice. Um, and if they find nothing, great, that yeah. kiddo's safe. But right. what if they save that kid at such a young age where they don't have to endure that darkness anymore? So Brianna, as we wind into the final minutes of today's program, is there anything else you want to leave with our listeners? Yeah, sure. If if you would like to be involved, you know, reach out on our website. Um, we have contact information. We are going to need a lot of volunteers to start building. Um, and also we have a fundraiser coming up, the second annual Barefoot Mile here in Soldatna. It'll be June 4th at 1 o'clock. Um, and you can come out and walk with us. It'll be um, a one-mile walk at um, Diamond M Ranch. And um, to get more information for that, you can go um, to our Home of Hope Alaska Facebook page, and there's more information on that. Again, you can find out more information about Home of Hope by going to their Facebook page. Just look them up under Home of Hope Alaska, or you can go directly to their website. That's at homeofhopealaska.org, homeofhopealaska.org. And Jennifer, we really are getting down to the final minutes of today's program. Is there anything you'd like to leave with the listeners today? Yes, I am just so honored to be sitting with Brianna during this session and this hour. And please, if anyone has any more questions or comments or you just want to pray with someone, maybe you yourself um, have been through this darkness and you just want to reach out and say, you know what, I need help to process this or where can I get resources, please please call our office. Our number is 907 260 3733. Um, we want to just network with you. We want to pray for you because we know that there is power in prayer and walking through this, you will get healing to continue to progress yourself forward in life. So don't forget, know God, make him known and join us next week. Well, we certainly do hope that you'll be able to join us next week, as Jennifer said, right here on this same radio station at this same time for a dose of hope. You know, maybe there was something on today's program that sparked your interest about something. Maybe it's something that raised some questions, or maybe you need some help with one of the issues that we were dealing with today. Well, don't delay. Call today. Call Freedom House at 907-260-3733. That's 907 260 
800-340-3733. And if you would like to find out more information about Freedom House and the many ministry outreach opportunities that they have, well, you can go online right now at freedomhouse907.com. That's freedomhouse907.com. While you're there, you can also click on the donate button and help support this radio program, A Dose of Hope. How do you do that? Well, it's easy. Go to freedomhouse907.com, click on the donation button, and then as you get ready to give, there'll be an area there where you can click a button to make a comment and just uh, tell, uh, you know, make the comment there that your gift is towards A Dose of Hope. Again, that's available online at freedomhouse907.com. But really, the priority of the program is that if you need some help, please reach out to us so that we can get you connected with the resources you need. Again, our phone number at Freedom House, 907-260-3733. 907-260-3733. For Jennifer Waller, I'm Tom Steigelman. Thanks for listening to today's edition of A Dose of Hope. <laughs>